Hey listeners, Lex on the Decks here. Before you get stuck into this episode of Hot Girls, I wanted to let you know about something else you may be interested in. Though Hot Girls in its podcast format isn't releasing new episodes any longer, if you head over to my Substack, which is lexonthedecks.substack.com, you'll find more interviews and insight on gender minority artists and how to overcome any barriers to entry. You'll also get the opportunity to sign up to my weekly newsletter, Five Good Things. This is an email letter which will land in your inbox on Fridays, sharing five of my favourite cultural or creative discoveries of the week. You'll find all that on lexonthedex.substack.com. Thank you, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Hot Girls. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Hot Girls with me, Lex, on the decks. This is the show where we explore the mechanics of the music industry through intimate conversations on creativity and biography episodes exploring the lives of iconic artists. This week, I'm looking at one of the music industry's darlings, a superstar known for her ability on the piano as much as with the vocal cords. Often considered a prodigy for what she achieved so young, Alicia had to navigate the industry's challenges like everyone else to forge what has been a career of consistency and longevity. This is a lesson in songwriting by Alicia Keys. Ladies, gentlemen, listen up. You're listening to Hot Girls. With Lex on the deck. We in the mix. It's fire. Keep it going. We on fire. From London for the world. Let's go in. Born on the 25th of January, 1981 in New York, I can confirm Keys wasn't her born given surname. Alicia Orgello was the first and only child by Terry Joseph, who was a paralegal and part-time actress. The specific part of New York that they lived in used to be known as Hell's Kitchen. From what I can tell, it was a really rough and dangerous part of Manhattan in the 30s and 40s. So when Alicia was growing up there, it would have been more cosmopolitan than the name suggests, but still with a shadow of what it had been. I'm going to share what she said about growing up in that area and how it shaped her. I grew up in the middle of everything. I walked the streets alone. I rode the trains alone. I came home at three in the morning alone. That was what I did. The city had a huge influence on me because it's such a diverse place. As hard as growing up in it was, I always felt very blessed about being able to recognize different cultures and styles, people and places. I feel like the concrete alone just gave me a certain drive. I really saw everything. Every negative I could possibly see from the time I could walk until now. And also every positive every bright future, every dream that I could possibly see. So growing up around this big dichotomy definitely influenced my music. 
I always like to highlight where an artist came from because I think it's important to know that who they are now, the spaces they live, the glowing skin, etc., were never a guarantee. And much of their life was spent in ordinary to sometimes quite impoverished environments. As Alicia said, it clarified in her mind where she wanted to be, what life she wanted to live. She had huge amounts of admiration for her mother, who worked three jobs to support Alicia's ambitions through lessons and other expenses, while the pair shared a one-room apartment. Safe to say they were pretty close. This is a snippet of her mum talking about her. She was a regular kid with a mom that single mom, and I was just trying to put her in anything for her to find her muse. So to happen to be music, she asked for a piano great teacher down the hall and, you know, in the same building. So everything just kind of turned into what perhaps she was born to be. But prodigy is something that people label after, after the lessons and after the practicing and after the this and after, oh, she must be a prodigy. She never considered herself a prodigy. Alicia was drawn to music very naturally and early on in her development. She loved piano and her mom created the space for her to learn it. She studied classical piano from about six years old to 18, consistently. She also went to a performing arts school at 12, and alongside these, she also started vocal tuition from about 13. This focus was about pursuing and honing in on what she loved and building the discipline around that craft, rather than thinking, wow, she's going to be a superstar. She was just 13 when she met her manager, a guy called Jeff Robinson, and he saw potential in her. However, he knew that there was more than the charisma, musical talent, and ability that she would need to build a career in the industry. She needed to understand how it worked, and so he started bringing her with him to meetings he'd have with lawyers, labels, and other suits. The first label head to show an interest in her was Peter Edge, who worked in A&R, the arm of labels who really spawned and develop musical talent. She signed her first record deal at 15, and at the same time, she was offered a scholarship to go to Columbia University. Alicia accepted both and began university early while simultaneously working on music. That's hard. Really hard work. You don't get to fully be present or obsess either space as you're split between two worlds. (laughs) Take it from someone who knows. But as 16, how do you make a choice between getting the stability of a college education and pursuing your dream? Ultimately, she made the choice to drop out of Columbia, a decision supported both by the university and her mama. I feel like music is the, it's the answer. It's the reason. It's so powerful. That's why we all love it. That's why we can't live without it. It's like Quincy Jones said, there's two things you can't live without, water and music. This decision was put to the test when the record company, Columbia, brought in teams of producers, writers, stylists, etc. to try and create her into the pop star they believed she could be. Alicia hated it. She wanted to create her own music and believed in the sound and originality of the world that she wanted to create. She said she would drive to the studio with feelings of complete dread. To cope with the frustration she felt through this, she bought her own equipment and began writing and recording her own material in her bedroom in the time when she wasn't working at the studio. She took that material to Columbia, but they weren't having it. They thought it wasn't radio-friendly enough. And confusingly, um, it's Columbia Records and Columbia University. This is Columbia Records now. The university is long gone. These fallouts ultimately led to her cutting ties with the label before releasing barely any music at all. She got out and she got in with another label called Arista through a fan she developed who went by the name of Clive Davis. 
Clive Davis is now credited with the careers of superstars as versatile and iconic as Whitney Houston, Dionne Warwick, Kenny G, Santana, Aerosmith, Bruce Springsteen, and Jennifer Hudson. Clive wanted Alicia Keys for the entire package. Arista quickly folded after Alicia had joined. No connection. But Clive Davis set up a new label, which he signed her to. Her debut album, Songs in A Minor, was released under J Records in 2001. The lead single, Fallen, set a baseline for her career that has never left. Alicia Keys is just 21 years old, but tonight she could walk away with six Grammy Awards. Mark's in L.A. with that. It's going to be a big night, huh, Mark? Yes, it is. I'm very impressed with young Alicia Keys. She is not only talented, but she seems to have it all together to handle the talent. Her album, Songs in a Minor, or Songs in A Minor, came out seven months ago. It is vying tonight for record and song of the year. As you heard there, the album was critically and commercially successful, producing her first Billboard Hot 100 number one single. Fallen, and selling over 12 million copies worldwide. The album earned Alicia Keys five Grammy Awards in 2002. After that, in 2004, she performed around the States with Beyonce and Missy Elliott on a tour called Ladies First. Wow, I wish I could have gone to that. The best of pop, hip-hop, soul, and R&B all together. Since her first album, Alicia has released six more albums and every single one of them has gone into the top five on the Billboard chart, which is the American record sales chart. That is insane. And every time in advance of the release, people have asked whether she's passe or past it. Yet she's consistently delivered something really quality and something which has stayed true to that original formula of authenticity, truth and piano. I'm not going to talk through every album, but I want to pull out some of my favorite of her records to show the spread she's had and the range of her talent. So while she works within this formula, there's diversity in that in the way that there's diversity in human emotion. On the first album, A Woman's Worth is a Fave. And then on the second, The Diary of Alicia Keys, If I Ain't Got You and You Don't Know My Name. I always butcher it when I try <laughs> sing it. As I Am, the third album had the song No One, which was one of the biggest selling singles of the year and the most listened to radio song of 2008. Her next album, one of the least commercially successful, was possibly my favorite. This was softer and thicker sounding, and it had the songs Unthinkable and Try Sleeping With a Broken Heart. For me, those are songs that are really raw and really relatable in that kind of caution around love. You know, rather than it being this kind of grandiose thing, it's that slightly more real vulnerability that, that I love about that album. After that came Girl on Fire, followed by the album Here, which featured Blended Family with ASAP Rocky and In Common. Again, songs I listen to all the time. And finally, her most recent album released last year. It's the one with the artwork with the coloured squares, if you've seen it, and it features the song Underdog. So what a body of work. And when you look at the credits on every release, the consistent name is Keys, 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 Keys. Still to this day, she writes most of her own material. I mean, I didn't really expect anything. Just like my first album, I didn't expect anything. I just wanted to put my heart into it and my experiences into it. And I really feel thankful that people identify with the truth that I feel about life. One thing I want to call out about Alicia Keys and the music that she puts out, and I have no doubt that there is tons of music she writes that never makes it out into the world. So... 
when you're writing your own music and you're selecting what to put out, you're kind of A&Ring yourself and you're going beyond just the writing. You're thinking like, what do I want my output to say? Like, who do I want to stand for for people? And what I think Alicia Keys is very good at, similar to Beyonce, is putting out music that for women, for black women, putting out music that is both powerful and vulnerable. So it shows those, the difficult feelings that you do feel and kind of guides you on how to deal with them or how to how to cope and how to be bigger and how to be someone that's inspiring yourself along the way. And I think that's why her music is so popular because you listen to it and you think, I can understand that. And then there's kind of this guide for how to handle those emotions and how to move forward and deal with them. It was just a whirlwind. The only way to maintain that was to have a lion's focus and and drive. I think my drive has had a twofold effect on me. It, it's definitely made me a better artist in the sense of always wanting to strive for more and push harder and write better and sing better and perform better and things like that. And I think it's also has some negative effects on me too. So if you take one thing away from this episode, take that line. Have that lion's focus and that drive. Alicia Keys wasn't a prodigy. She was a talented, disciplined, hardworking woman who took charge of her destiny and did her best. Outside of work, she met her husband, Swiss Beats, when she was 16. Just bubbling, and he was bubbling at the same time. And over 10 years later, they got married. She released a song called Blended Family that I mentioned earlier with ASAP Rocky. And in the video, you see Swiss Beats, his first wife, and both their children. Mm. I know she's powerful. Her what? power doesn't scare you. No, mm, that's cool. I, I love it. An amen to that from Swiss Beats. We need more men like you. Alicia Keys, you're an icon in so many ways. In the way you committed yourself to the piano, in the way you're consistently kind, consistently loving, and consistently writing music which speaks truth, but in a way that we can be aspiring to. Thank you for honoring your gift. And thank you guys for listening. I hope you feel inspired and energized and have a great week. Bye. What up, Lex? We keep our eyes on the prize. If no surprise, good women were destined to rise. Inspiring, celebrating, uplifting the new generation. Some hot girls, you know the vibe. All the hot girls come alive. Some hot girls, you know the vibe. All my hot girls come alive. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.